Open your Bibles to Isaiah 51, verse 10. I don't know, man. I've just been in a spirit of worship for some time now. And uh, we had a good time this morning in the gang. Hello, somebody. We had a good time in the presence of the Lord this morning with the gang up there in the chapel. Uh, young people, if you can get there, I challenge you, get in there. I think it's awesome that they're having... Uh, some time in the Lord in the morning. Hello, somebody. In the morning. You got the word of God there? Isaiah 51.10 says, Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep? Everybody say deep. Who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over. Father, we thank you this evening that you will allow us to hear the deep crying out. That we would begin to open our hearts and allow your spirit full control of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five. <clears throat> you may be seated. Well, my wife... She was uh, here, and I was going to have her share a little bit about the ministry in the Philippines, what's taking place. But, you know, uh, if you want to see what's really happening, you just got to join Facebook. Hello, somebody. More than half my church on Facebook, and they love Facebook. Uh, you know, they don't really know about Twitter, but they're on Facebook. So, uh but we are seeing uh, God raise up the nation of the Philippines. And the vision and the legacy of Pastor Steve is beginning to rise up again in their hearts. The fire has been lit. And the Holy Spirit is fanning the flame. And they're believing that they're the future of the churches in Asia. Victory Outreach in the Philippines is the gateway to Asia. That's a promise that God gave to them many years ago, and it, it, it's the promise that they're holding on to today. And I thank God for your pastor, Pastor Esteban and Sister Chella, for allowing us to be here tonight. Uh, like I said, I don't feel like I should be here, right here, right now. Uh, but by the grace of God, for some reason, God thinks that I deserve it. I don't know. Hello, somebody. Here I want to talk to you about something that, how Pastor Steve and how my walk began in the Lord and in ministry, and it's kind of a personal, one-on-one uh, -on -one type of uh, message the Lord, you know, challenged me in my walk, in my launching out into ministry. In Luke chapter 5, verse 4, the Word of God says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. You know, when I was just getting saved, I started to, you know, just I was just on fire. I loved the Lord. Like I said, I used to dance like nobody else can dance. Hello, somebody. I think that I, you know, by the grace of God, didn't fall down the stairs when I would dance and praise and worship and everything else. But 
You know, I was just so grateful because if you don't know, I really had been, my whole life was just robbed from drug addiction from age seven until I was a teenager. And then through my teenage years, uh, my mother, my father both messed up and everything else. But glory to God today, I can say my mother has been clean and sober and serving the Lord in Victory Outreach now for, I think it's been almost 15, about 15 years. When I was in Dublin, Ireland, all the way across the world on my first missionary trip, all it took, and we hadn't spoke for a while, my mom and I, and we used to do some really, you know, worldly things together. And uh, so it was a blessing to finally get a hold of her through phone from Dublin, Ireland. And all I had to find out was, oh, you're in Tacoma, Washington? Well, they just planted a victory outreach there, Mom. You got to check out this church because it ain't like, you know, them churches that Grandma and Grandpa used to take us to. Hello, somebody. It ain't like those places. These, this church, you're going you're gonna to trip out, Mom. It's, it's a church for you and I. Sure enough, she went and she got delivered, set free. And she's been a prayer warrior in my corner ever since she got saved. And so I thank God because I continued to claim salvation of my family, Acts 16.31, trusting in the Lord and just continuing to fulfill the calling of my life and just trusting the Lord for the affairs of my household, for, the, for my family. And, and through that, God has been faithful in reaching many of my family nowadays. <clears throat> you see, here we got a, the scripture that says, was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep? Who made the depths of the sea for the redeemed to pass over? Now, if you know anything about the deep, the deep, we got to understand, is it's a metaphor. Now, literally, the context there in Isaiah was speaking specifically about the Red Sea and how, how God had just divided the waters so that the people of Israel can go across those deep waters and reach their salvation. Hello, somebody. But in the same way, you and I, as a metaphor today, we have to understand God is not challenging you and I to an ordinary life anymore. But he has challenged you and I not just to go ahead and, and be who we used to be before we came to church. To live the same ordinary life you were living before you came in the front doors. But God is saying, listen, I have something more for your life. Something that is going to take you to a place that is like being in the deep waters. You see, but you might be here today and you might be saying, well, yeah, you're in, you're in the foreign country. You're a missionary and that's you, not me. Hello, somebody. How many here probably said that before? And some of you, yes, maybe you're not called to be a missionary. But you can't say you're not called until you experience Because I, I, I was the kind of person, when I was in the home, I just wanted to be a part of the vision. And I remember the first time when Pastor Steve had asked me, and I was involved in the office, a, full a non-profit prophet, hello sometime, hello. Living by faith, walking two and a half miles to get to the office every day, just to be there and be involved in ministry. Georgina knows. <laughs> And I would go and I'm just grateful. I want to serve God. I want to do whatever I can. I was involved in the prison, in the court ministry. In fact, I remember the first time I took over the prison ministry, me and Brother Louie. Well, we were asked, okay, 
And this was my first opportunity to be a leader in the church. Will you do the prison ministry? Yes, I will. That's where I got saved. Yes. So sure enough, we go and we put our names in there in the county jail to be cleared on the cleared list. And guess what happens? They called us up and said, hey, you've been cleared. Come on down here and take your pictures. Now, Louie and I know better than that. They don't take your pictures. So they blew it already. But we knew what was up. Hey, if we're going to do this ministry, we're going to have to go and face the music and deal with whatever's going on. Because God has called us to do this ministry. So we're going to go down there, even if they do lock us up, we're going to go down there. And sure enough, how many know they did lock us up? (laughs) And while we were there, they said, okay, just go through that door and we'll go ahead and take your pictures. And so, all right, here we go. See you later, Brother Louie. All right. And, of course, we both, we both had unresolved warrants from the past. What happened came up, and they said, all right, we got them. Let's get them. Let's put them in. So I spent a whole week in jail to preach the gospel. Hello, somebody. And sure enough, we were there, and then all it took was for one of the guys in, in, the, in the pod to find out, what, what did you get arrested for? You got arrested to come and tell us the gospel? Hey, check this out. This dude got arrested to try and come and preach to us. Before long, I had everybody in the pod there ready to preach. And hello, somebody. And tell them about the miracle that God did in my life in the Victory Outreach Men's Home. I had even the chaplain came and apologized. I'm sorry they did this, you know. And I, oh, no problem. Give me a Bible. And then as soon as I got out, the, the judge, I went before the same judge I went when he put me in the home. I went before the same judge, and I'm standing there, and the judge is looking at me. He said, so you've been in Victory Outreach ever since I put you there before? Yes, sir. Get out of here. They wiped my, my slate clean, and then again put my name on the list, and I was able to go in and do the work of the ministry. So here I am, and I'm getting ready to go ahead, and I'm serving the Lord in ministry. And then Pastor Steve is there checking me out. Yeah, okay, all right. I just didn't really have that relationship connection yet. All of a sudden, his secretary says, Christian, Pastor Steve wants you to go somewhere with him. Okay. So I go to the church, and I meet him, and he gets with Dominic and the other, you know, ease, the other leaders in the church, and we go for a ride. We're going to Sonora. Pastor Larry, Brother Larry was here. He was pastoring in Sonora. As soon as we get there, we're sitting there, about service about to start. He hands me a flyer from the city of Dublin. He says, here, for when you get to, the, to, to Dublin. What? You know, Pastor Steve's humor. You thought he was joking. But no, the whole trip was a setup. And all of them were leaning into me, trying to convince me, yeah, you got to go, you got to go. They need a men's home. I was so nervous. My heart was going like this, you know, just like, yeah. The whole road trip, all the way back to the church. Then he calls me up to testify on the next Sunday service. And and I get up there and I just say, I thank God I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Still could not answer him. But because I still had to come to grips with God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He wasn't calling me. I was sitting there looking at all these powerful preachers and all these guys and saying, 
Why not them? Why me? How, what, what am I going to do over there? But God was just reminding me, hey, you know, I want you to go there. I want you to be there. I want you to grow there. I want you to, even if you're just going to be there to grow yourself. And God knows I grew. Hello, somebody. You see, deep, and then at the same time there, after I finally said I'd go, Pastor Steve handed me a tape by an evangelist, Steve Altonian, I think his name was. And the the title was uh, Launching Out into the Deep. And, you know, I, that message stuck with me for many years. And I never really understood the deep until I launched out into the deep. I would hear the messages about faith and messages about going and fulfilling these, these greater callings and everything else. And I would sit in there and I'd hear and receive it every time I'd hear it from the pulpit. I would get excited and fired up and, you know, here I am, Lord. But until I was able to really get my feet out there into the deep, Not only the mission field, but beginning to involve myself in ministry. You see, deep doesn't matter necessarily. It's not only going into the mission field. The only difference is I have the missionary calling. Hello, somebody. But most of us don't understand the mission sometimes is right there in your very own neighborhood. The mission is sometimes launching out into a place that's unfamiliar, a place that's not comfortable. Because when you talk about the deep in the word of God, you got to understand when deep is crying out to deep. It's in other words, we serve a God that is real deep. Hello, somebody. And we got to understand that the love of God and the power of God and the plan and purpose of God for your life is deeper than you really can even understand. And the only way to really launch out into the deep is to begin to respond to the cry of the deep in your life. But the truth is, is we got to really begin to hear. And the only way to really begin is to abide in the presence of God. To have that deep intimacy with God so that you can truly hear the cry, hear the call, hear the plan, and begin to hear the voice of God telling you to go this way or that way. Hello, somebody. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I, always, I was taught by Pastor Steve that the best sermon is the sermon that one has lived. Sometimes I'll get up to preach to my church and sometimes, you know what, I, what I'm preaching is I'm preaching what I was just going through yesterday. Or last week. Because I've realized that sermons are really not necessarily birthed in, in just your study time and your devotional time. But the study, the preaching, the sermons, the sermons are the best ones that really impact lives and touch people's lives are the ones that are lived first. Hello, somebody. Pastor Steve lived the legacy. Stevan is living the legacy. Victory Outreach here in the heart, you're living the legacy. But it's not only a part of being living the legacy, but you know, you gotta live it and then you gotta preach it. You gotta speak about it. You gotta tell somebody about it. You gotta let your life. The Bible says that our lives are living epistles. That your life and my life are now being written love letters to the world now. That no matter where you go, you're a treasure out of darkness. And God has begun to say, listen, I have put a purpose and I have a calling upon this individual's life. And it's not because they're talented or gifted or because they look good. Hello, somebody. You know, I didn't come to Christ looking real good. Come on, you say amen. But every time I go to church, I look better. Hello, somebody. And every time I miss church, I look worse. 
See, one of the first lessons, and I'm going to go ahead and, and use this as a, as a basis because this is a lesson I learned from Pastor Steve, a one-on-one lesson to me. And, it's, and, and basically it means about being teachable. You see, one of the first lessons that stuck with me from Pastor Steve, he said to me, he said, you got to be able to learn from anyone, anytime, and anywhere. And those, that, that, that right there stuck with me over the years because there's been many times I want to quit. Many times I wanted to give up. Many times there was nobody there to pick up the phone and call. Many times there was a lot of times I had nowhere else to run to. But one thing I've learned from that, 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 that wisdom that Pastor Steve gave me was, listen, be, being teachable means meaning opening yourself up to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to lead you, and to trust in God's timing. Many times I had to overcome a lot of battles within myself, personal battles, and even serving under different leadership over the years. You see, when I was sent to a, a, another church, I was sent to serve another pastor. And then when I was sent to serve another pastor, that other pastor did not necessarily have the same vision or the same purpose or the same gifts or talents or abilities that this pastor had. Hello, somebody. But one thing that stuck with me is, listen, in order to be able to serve under any leader, God has called you to serve underneath, hello, to serve alongside with, to serve with. You've got to be able to be teachable no matter what. You don't have to like the leader. You don't have to necessarily agree with the leader. But God is always understanding, listen, he is the one that raises up and sits down and, and God had called me to go and serve under this pastor for a season. So I had to learn and understand and be in tune with the Holy Spirit in order to serve this pastor in his vision. And not only that, but to get his heart and be able to be a leader that can transmit his heart to others. Hello, without spreading all of my hangups and all of my issues. You see, that's a challenge. How many can say amen? Come on, tell the truth. Devil's running out the front door right now. You see, it has helped me over the years to serve under other pastors and other leaders. To go and submit myself to other leadership in my life because that's not an easy task. Many people can't even do it in their local church. Let alone go from their local church to other church and then to another church to do the same thing that you would do at home. But I understand the principle of being able to learn from anybody at any time in any place. You see, I remember one time when I was praying to go to the mission field and Pastor Steve gave me that tape and then you know what? It just challenged my heart. You see, the deep, and the word of God is a place that is an uncertain place. It's a place where you have to obey the plan and purpose of God. Not my will, but your will be done. I have to under, let you understand every single day I got to submit to the will of God. I have to continue to put my will under subjection. Because many times my will wants to rise up and take control. But when you're launching into the deep, you're launching into a place that is going to be an, a place of uncertainty, but it's also a place of miraculous power. 
You see, in the Word of God, you've got to remember, in biblical times, they did not know what really was in the deep. They didn't know what was down in deep waters. They knew what was in the shallow waters because they had fishermen who spent a lot of time in that place fishing with their nets. But when it came to going out into the deep, they had no idea what was underneath. They had plenty of mysteries and, and even the things that they thought were there, but it was a place that they were not familiar with. So it was a place where, listen, when you launch out into the deep, it's a place where you really not, will not really understand by man's understanding. Because man had no understanding of the deep. Hello, somebody. Tell your neighbor right now, are you willing to launch into the deep? Oh, come on now. You see, launching in the deep is going to a place where you are not in control. Where you have no control, but it's all about knowing that God has called you to go there and to trust in him. Period. To obey him and submit to him and to allow him to have full control of the ship. Because any moment now, the storm can begin to overtake you. Any moment now, something can rise up out of the deep. Any moment now, you never know what could happen. But nevertheless, when you're serving God, that's why it's not boring to really launch into the deep. That's why it's not a boring lifestyle. But launching into the deep means, listen, I'm going to submit myself to the will of God and I'm going to go ahead and answer the call of God because I know that I have not been called to be ordinary anymore, but I have been called to launch out into places where I'm not in control anymore, where God is getting the glory. Where I can go ahead and say, this, this, is, this is not me. It's not me. It's all God. It's all God. Hello, somebody. Can you really say that this evening about your life, about your walk? If not, then maybe you're just treading shallow ground, safe waters. You see, because when you're launching the deep, you're going to experience warfare. Every time you launch out into a place unknown, the devil gets mad. You're going to experience warfare. There's been many times, and I'll be right now to tell you, listen, the missionary made me who I am today. Being a, on the mission field made who I, me who I am. Having to submit to other leaders in my life, having to submit to people God put over me. Sometimes I would be in my room, there on my bed, crying out to God and asking God, you know, and, and just pouring out my heart to God. And, and, and you know, it, it, it wasn't an easy task, but I'll, now that I look back at it, I can remember why. What was happening was my soul was wrestling with the enemy. But then what happened after that, God began to entrust me with more. And through that, God began to use my life even more. And I remember it, this, this specific time where I was there in Manila, just serving as a missionary there in the church. And I was really really wrestling with the enemy, wrestling with myself, and I, because I wasn't doing anything for God. I was just being set on the shelf. Hello. Anybody been on the shelf? Here I am in a foreign land, and I'm supposed to be, you know, moving and grooving for the Lord. Hello, somebody. 
And I'm wrestling with the enemy there, crying out to God, God, why doesn't this pastor ask me to do something? Why don't he let me do something? Why is that person and that person and this person going through that warfare? Hello. But I wasn't going and publicizing and broadcasting my struggle. I was right there in my very own room wrestling with the enemy. Hello, somebody can say amen. But what happened after that? God gave me an anointing on my life, and I didn't need to be asked to do something. What happened was God gave me something to do. And I would go to somebody's house, and as I was in their house, all of a sudden demons would be manifesting in their family. Hello, somebody. Talk about the deep, man. I ain't never seen nothing like that before. Hey, what's going on here, you know? What's this? We're not in Spain, but they're speaking Spanish. What is this? But to be used of God, to lay hands and to see the, the deliverance of, a, of an individual from bondage of the enemy, from the bondage of spirits, and for me to be used to do something such as that, I had to go ahead and encounter the enemy first on my own. I had to launch out in the deep and in the deep start to allow my spirit and my soul to be able to be prepared. Hello, somebody. Before God would start to take me to places where I can go ahead and, and take a men's home to go pray for their, their sick father. In, and he's in, in, in ICU ready to die in three days. Ready to die in three days. No more days to live. They were expecting any moment within three days that this man would die. And we would go and we would just right after that go to the hospital room. And I would say, okay, you pray for your father. And from that moment, the next day report was the man was released from the hospital and healed by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Launching out into the deep presents you the opportunity to experience the miraculous. We serve a supernatural God. So how come we cannot walk with the supernatural God here in our very own daily lives? Hallelujah. You see, because we're not challenging ourselves right there in your very own life, in your very own job, in your very own existence, to go ahead and allow the Holy Spirit to challenge you to launch out into the deep. Too careful. Too careful to launch out. I don't know. That's crazy. That's psycho. Doesn't make sense to, to quit your job within two weeks and to sell all your possessions and to take your brand new baby and your wife to the foreign field with no promise of a salary, no promise of medical or dental or anything like that. And how many know that when I quit my job, that's what I left behind? In a hot second, because I had already tasted deep waters. I'd already tasted the, 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 the supernatural lifestyle of living with a, a supernatural God. Hello, somebody. And I knew that, listen, the, being right here, that was not my lot in life. But God had a bigger plan for me. And I thank God because he was able to give me a woman that was really willing and able to go ahead and say, whatever God's will is for our lives, we're going to answer the call. You see, that's what prayer does. It gives you a woman that's right there and sharing the same calling and same heart that you have. Hello, somebody. Not holding me back. Not hindering me and holding me back, but saying, you know what? If God has called my husband, then God has called me. You see, with warfare, there's always a victory. But there's never a victory without war. 
And if you're not experiencing war in the supernatural, my friend, then that's probably why we're not experiencing supernatural miracles. Because the only way to claim victory is to engage with the enemy. To get busy. To roll up your sleeves. To get in the trenches. And to step out in faith. And to trust that God is with you. Hello, somebody. Challenging your faith. Challenging your life. Say, listen, if I'm going to claim victory today, then I'm going to claim that I'm going to confront the enemy. Ain't nobody getting victory that's just playing church. Hello, somebody. I'm sorry, but that's the legacy I come from. We don't play church. We don't play hallelujah. We don't play. When we, when we knock somebody down in football, we get up and say, praise the Lord. Hello, somebody. That's the men's home training I got. You don't, you don't question why, but to do or die. You see, launching out means placing yourself at the mercy of Christ. It is a place of trust and obedience, a place of perseverance. But it also means placing yourself where you will experience how the Lord will provide, how the Lord will protect you, and how God becomes more real in your life. You see, I could tell you right now, God is the most real thing in my life. Above anything else. The most real person in my life is that I, the God in whom I serve. He's real. He's real. He's been there when I was engaging the enemy. He's been there when I had nowhere else to turn. He's been there when I couldn't even talk to my wife or talk to my family or talk to nobody because he was right there. And he's real. I can hear him. I can touch him. I can see him. And I can continue to abide with him because my God is real. But I would never have been able to experience that without launching out into the deep. You know, the walk of faith is step by step. Hello, somebody. Take a step of faith. One step after another. That's all it takes. But don't abide and stand on the step you took yesterday. You see, because when you do, what happens, the enemy will come in and tempt you to become fearful and complacent and put you into a comfort zone that feels real good. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. I can't stress. Hello, somebody. God just keeps blessing me. But what are you doing to bless others? You see, God doesn't want to just bless you to, to have you have a, you know, a fat, abundant Christian life. But he, yes, he wants to give you the abundant life. Why? So that you can turn around and channel it to others. There are souls out there. There are people out there. There are lives out there. There are young people who are being destroyed right now. And we got to hear the deep calling out to the deep. Tell your neighbor, you're deep. Come on, tell your neighbor, you're deep. You see, I, I've been in the deep, but I ain't nobody big. Hello. I'm just a nobody going nowhere doing something for someone. That's it. God didn't qual call me up here because I'm qualified to be up here. He called me first into the trenches, into the deep. Hello, somebody. And that's what you got to understand. You are the deep. You are the deep. And the God that's calling you, he is deep. He's out there saying, come unto me. Come unto me. If you're tired of being in shallow ground, if you're tired because you're over there carrying your own burden, if you're tired over there fighting your own battle, just come on out to me. Get out of the boat. Hello, somebody. Get out of the boat. Come on to me and experience the miraculous power of a supernatural God. A God who becomes more real to you every day. 
You see, once you taste the most high, you don't want no other high. You don't want it. I ain't got no, I ain't got no craving for that stuff. Sometimes I don't understand it when people do because, man, I tasted Jesus. I tasted his presence and the holiness of God. And I'll tell you what, man, I was looking for righteousness in every other place. But I only found it right here in the house of God. I only found it from the brothers and sisters who encouraged me and loved me and helped me, did not kick me down, did not look down on me because I was the only white boy in the church. Hello, somebody. But they continue to still embrace me and consider me a part of the familia. Hello, somebody. You see, it was all that that was able to help me overcome my, my meth issues. Hello, somebody. Those issues and those psychotic nerves that used to get the twitch going on. Hello, somebody. I'm talking about the twitch. You know, you want to twitch because you, you lost some of your brain cells. Hello. Imagine. I should be in, you know, over there. I don't know if John George is still around, but that's, I've been there and I ain't going back there. I spent a week in there. That was long enough. Hello, somebody. Thank God I got my mind. You see, launching out in the deep is a place where you confront your fears and you challenge your inner faith. It's the very place of promise of God, the very place where one can experience a real God, a God who is your creator, a God who loves, a God who protects, and a God who will always provide. So what is your deep today? You see, your deep is not mine, and mine is not yours. God has called you in your uniqueness. He knows the plans you have for you. He has for you. But so many of us, we're not fulfilling that plan. We're not because we're just in control, driving this boat. Hello. We're in control right there in shallow waters. Oh, yeah. You know, soaking in the sun, enjoying the Christian life. But I got tired. I got tired. You see, God has got to be real in your life. Why do you keep struggling with backsliding? Why do you keep struggling with wanting to drink again? It's probably because you have not tasted the realness of the Lord. The realness of God being in your life. He is genuine. Wherever the deep is in your life, there will be souls waiting for you. Jesus said, launch out in the deep, Simon, and put out your nets for a catch. There are souls in the balance. And yes, your life can make the difference. God has given to each of us a measure of faith. And God has challenged you to have a certain measure of faith so that you can in turn lead others to Christ. So that you in turn can love them to the Lord and, and disciple them and encourage them and, and bring them into the house of God. They are in the balance. When I go and I travel Asia and I see the different places and, I, and I'm overwhelmed with the need, all I can do is sit down and really break before God. Because I'm crying out to God, God, there's such a great need. When is the workers going to raise up? When are the people going to start being challenged in their faith to get out of those shallow waters and to launch out and to taste how real you are, to go out into places where they're not comfortable? Hello, somebody. To go to places where God is challenging your faith every single day when you got to pray for the next sacrifice for the home. 
When you got to go ahead and pray for the next full tank of gas. When you got to pray for enough money to pass out flyers. And if you ain't got flyers, guess what? You are the flyer. Launching out into a place of the unknown, to a place where, listen, I'm not in control, man. I don't know what I can do over here in this place. And I look, hello, way out of balance out here. Hello, somebody. Me and my daughter, whenever we go around town, everybody's like, huh. Americano. But God still says, listen, I will anoint your life to set the captives free. I remember my first encounter with a real God. After the home, I'm talking about when I launched into the deep waters. I was there in Dublin, Ireland. And I remember my worst fear came to pass. I had, went, I had wrestled with the enemy before I answered the call. I said, I'll go. I said, well, what if the pastor leaves? And what if I'm left there in another country with nobody around? I don't know anybody. Sure enough, after I was out there, he left. He packed his bags and left all in one day. Bam, gone. Goodbye. And I'm only serving God for less than two years, grant you. And I'm left there with about 30 people. They were his children, his spiritual children. They were broken, distraught. But I encountered a real God when he started to put his anointing on my life to, to speak to them counsel them, and give them words that were able to help them carry on. I mean, they were fighting each other, arguing with each other. And I'll tell you what, I didn't know nothing. I barely knew John 3, 16. But when the anointing of God comes upon your life, God becomes so real because you start to speak words that do not come from you, but come from heaven above. Because God knows what the people need to hear, what the people need to receive. And praise the Lord, how many know that God ended up bringing them together? And then God sent the shepherd. But imagine, less than two years, and I'm pastoring a church for a couple months. Pastoring a broken, distraught church. And only the home can prepare me for something like that. Hello, somebody. Only the home can prepare somebody for something like that. The Holy Ghost Hospital, how many can say amen? The House of Pain, how many can say amen? But when you launch out into the deep, you're going to have to endure deep pain. Like Pastor Anthony said, listen, you're going to find yourself in the pit. But sometimes you just got to continue to believe that someday God is going to bring me out. You know, and your pain determines how far into the deep you're willing to go. There's going to be souls out there. But it'll be a place where you'll be able to find comfort even in troubled waters. Even when the boat is rocking and you're in the deep waters, even when the storm looks like it's going to overtake and you're going to lose the fight, hello somebody, you still can find comfort just like Jesus right there in the midst of the storm. When the, when the storm was raising up and the disciples were losing control, what happened? Jesus was sleeping right there in the boat. He was comfortable. He was all right. He wasn't tripping. And all he had to do was get up and command the storm. You see, when you're in the deep waters, you can begin to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. The authority that God will give you will to be given the authority to go ahead and walk through prison doors. Hello, somebody. 
To go into places where he says, I, the Lord, have called you. I will give you the treasures out of darkness. I will lead you. I will level the mountains. I will make the crooked places straight. I will break down gates of bronze. And I will open the prison doors. Hello, somebody. That becomes real to you when you're in the deep. It sounds good when you're in church. But let me tell you, that word becomes real when you're walking in it. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. That means that every day I need to challenge my faith to open a little more, to stretch a little more. And it's going to take a lot of pain. But let me tell you, if there's no pain, there's no gain. And souls are in the balance. Hello, somebody. I want you to know when I was across the world, that's when my mom got saved. When I was across the world, that's when my daughter got saved. When I was across the world serving the Lord in the trenches, God was taking care of business. Miracles will happen. God is real. When you launch into the deep, it becomes a lot more real. Tell your neighbor, he's getting real. It's time to get real. It's time to get real. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. It's time to get real. One thing I've learned, and I hope maybe you can get this, because just like Anthony mentioned, he said, many times people won't celebrate your victories. Hello. Because they didn't know what you had to go through to get there. They didn't experience it. But lately I'm experiencing a presence of the Lord upon my life that has come because I've realized the importance of abiding in the presence before I actually pray in the presence. Getting before God and just meditating on God. Meditating on His power, His glory, His authority, the work of His word, the work of His hand. You see, we got to get to a place where our prayer life is not full of what we need, what we want, or what we want God to do, but it first must begin by a place of worship. A place of worship. Because it is through worship that only, that's only when chains can be broken. You see, we're going to go, Victory Outreach International. We're going to be called to go to countries that have such a powerful religious spirit that they have closed all doors. But guess what? God is going to still call Victory Outreach to get through those doors because he has promised, I will open the doors. And I will give you the treasures out of darkness. So Victory Outreach, here in the heart, we got to understand that the international calling right here, Hayward is the pulpit of the world. You're going to find yourself traveling to places to preach the gospel. Places that you don't know anything about. When I went to Ireland, I didn't know nothing about being a heroin addict. Thank God. I never touched that stuff. I didn't want it. But I went first to a country that was full of heroin. And I was able to literally pray. When we got the home started, pray for heroin addicts that were using 
I mean, you know, a lot of heroin on a daily basis and methadone. Pray for them and see them fall asleep and wake up healed. Not because I had been there, but because God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You see, don't necessarily allow yourself to put the calling and in, in the, the plan of God in your life in a box. But I tell you what, God likes to work outside the box. God is going to call us to nations. Asia is, is the sleeping giant. There are nations there that are, that are thousands, and, and, and the statistics tell us that there are drug addicts going to hell every single day by the thousands. And listen, nobody else can answer the call like Victory Outreach. And someday that call is going to come out. The deep is going to cry out for the deep. And the question is today, are you going to be ready to leave all and answer the call of God into the deep? Maybe not you, but are you willing to support and help and, and send the resources needed to go ahead and break nations open for the honor and glory of God? To go to places where God wants to reach the treasures out of darkness. He says, trust in me. Launch out in the deep. Hallelujah. Let's all stand now. Let's worship him right now. Let's just begin to meditate and worship on the king of kings. Creator of heaven and earth. That's the God we serve. That's the God who loves you intimately. That's the God who knows your name, who called you by name. That's the God that knows every hair on your head, every struggle and trial in your future. But he is saying, I'm calling you now. I'm calling you now. Hear the cry of the deep. Hear the cry of the deep. I'm calling you now. Are you ready to come out? Because I know your future. I know your trials. And I want to rescue you. Come on out to the deep, my friend. Come on out. Oh, Nobody leave this place right now. God and the Holy Spirit wants to move. The presence of the Lord is here. Come on. Let's worship our God. Oh. I surrender all to oh. you. Everything I give to you. Yes. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Holding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing. I surrender, I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, 
challenge you to launch out to get to know the real God that you serve whatever deep is calling out to you right now you see I'll be, re be real with you that's all I'm trying to do tonight is be real preach from you know this is the short version of my life as a Christian But I really hope and pray because, listen, my wife and I, every time we see you, we're looking, man, I hope that they're really launching out wherever they're at, doing, experiencing God. Because that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. It's for Him. Not for you, not for me, not for, but for Him. Worship begins in your lifestyle. Present yourselves as living sacrifices. See, I tell you, man, ain't easy. But every battle we got to face, I know there's a victory coming. Because the God I serve is a God of victory. He hasn't left me. He hasn't forsaken me. He has sustained us for 11 years in the, in, the, in the trenches of the mission field. And, you know, Pastor Steve wasn't around. We couldn't call. You know, I had that, you know, I could call him and say, Pastor. Lord said, well, you can do it. How? Abide in me. And I will abide in you. And by this, my joy will be made complete in you. Joy. God's joy is completed in abiding. That's it. this whole place into an altar. I hope you, you have some time because God wants some time with you. God wants to spend some time with you. Come on up to this altar now. Say, I want to experience you, God. I want, to, I want that abiding, real presence of God. Because I surrender all to you. Everything. 